Thank you for listening to the Family Life Podcast. We hope that this message blesses you today. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. There, you can watch our latest sermons online. You can find us by searching for Family Life Church Bloomington. You can also connect with us on Instagram and Facebook. Just type in Family Life B-Town. Thanks again for listening and have a blessed week. God, God will never let us down. He is faithful in that way. So if you've been hoping and you've been praying and you believe and, and, and you've been trusting and you've been asking God in his name according to his will, can I tell you, you don't have, you don't have to fear today. God is faithful. He has heard your prayer and it's going to come to pass. Just believe God. Anybody? Would you thank God for those promises that are yea and amen in his word? Hallelujah. Thank you, God. 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 Amen. God is so faithful. And I am grateful to be in church today, aren't you? And all our guests, we are glad that you are with us on this snowy Sunday morning. And there are many that aren't able to be here due to the weather. And, uh, but we are thankful that we're able to be here to be a part of church, to be together. Amen. To be together. Uh, how good and it, how pleasant it is for you and I to dwell together in unity. Amen. That we're here not just, uh, not just another Sunday morning, but there's a purpose in everything that God does for us and through us. And, and so the purpose of God for you to be here today is on point. It is right. It is what God wants of you and needs of you and wants for you. Let the church say amen in Jesus' name. The book of Joshua, the third chapter. Thank you for standing. Thank you for being here. Now walk with me for a few moments in the word as we look at this and as we understand this a little more clearly. And Joshua rose early in the morning. And they removed from Shidem and came to Jordan and he and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host. And they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it. And you shall remove from your place and go after it. Everybody say, go after it. Go after. And yet there shall be a space between you and it about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way heretofore. Wow. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. Amen. Now, for lack of a better title, and I hope you understand it as we walk along through the word, let's talk about go after it. Go after it. Father, I love you, and I thank you for your faithful word and your faithful presence, and that we are here again on this Sunday for your glory and honor. And I pray, Lord, that every mind, heart, life, home, family, individual would be touched. And that God, that you would speak to us expressly and help us to understand things that are around us in our life right now and how we need to, to live and do and be. And so God, I pray in your name that you would anoint me and anoint this people and thank you, God, for your anointed word. Lead us now, I pray, and be glorified in all things. And we ask this humbly in your name, in Jesus' name, let the church say amen. amen. Now, if you would find three people, smile at them, be kind to them, love on them, tell them how nice it is to see them, introduce yourself to someone you don't know, Take time to walk to them. Bless them. On Christ the solid 
Rock, I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. One more time. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Oh, we can do it one more time. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Ah, oh, yes, aren't you thankful? God, I thank you that you are the rock that follows us, and we trust in you. Hallelujah. Praise him, would you, church, and honor his great name, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. To God be the glory, in Jesus' name. You may be seated, in Jesus' name. The wilderness, the wilderness wandering now lay behind the children of Israel. Forty years, understand this, forty years of a generation that would not accept the promise before them now buried in the past behind them. For some, for some it may have seemed a harsh judgment more severe than the transgression deserved. But that is too often the casual spiritual thinking of humanity. We undervalue the righteousness of God. Uh, the rejection of the promised land given to them. Everybody understand this. Understand the full view of what was being done here. Uh, how far it reached in every aspect that it reaches to, not just then but now. The, the rejection of the promised land given to them was a reject, the rejection of acceptance and obedience to him. Um, when they did not want the promised land, they were in an essence saying that they did not want him. Uh, it's impossible. It's impossible to really love God and not love the things about God. It's just the truth of the matter. It's impossible to, to love God and not love the things that are about him, about the way that he does things, the way that he wants things, amen. The things that he orders and ordains for our life. The demonstration, the demonstration of his nature and blessing is inseparable from his deity. I cannot, I cannot tease those things out. I can't separate uh, from his deity the goodness of who he is. I can't separate from his deity the blessings of what he does for us. Right. I can't separate from, the, from his deity um, the demonstration of his nature or his blessings to us in profound ways. Who he is and what he does and our love and allegiance to him and those things from him, they go hand in hand. And they must go hand in hand. They always go hand in hand. To try to separate them out in our life, to, to have allegiance to two is impossible. That's why he said you cannot serve God and mammon at the same time. You can't have a love and affection for both at the same time. There has to be the choosing. Why? Because you cannot separate those things out in God. 
What comes from him is always good. What opposes him is always bad. Jordan before them. They were told that they would cross over into the land God had given them. But before it happened, they were told that the ark of God would go before them, the priest bearing it. You know the story quite well. And they were to go after the ark. The ark preceded them. The priest stepped into Jordan. The waters parted. They stood there. Israel passed over. And, and they, were, they were to put a space between them and the ark of God of about 2,000 cubits. For they were told that it would be the way. Because of that, it would be the way, the space. Understand this. The space, the placement of the ark of the covenant of God, the very physical representation of God to the children of Israel at that particular point in, in, in the history of the church and, and God and his people. It would be the way that they would know how to walk, where to walk. Know where and which way to go. For they had not been the word said, this way before. Uniquely so, today, much like that moment in time, we are finding now our footing. Everyone hear me, please, for a moment. We are finding our footing in a place and a time that we have never been to before. I recognize that on the calendar and the clock, but that's very obvious. But the truth of the matter is when we look at it spiritually, we are finding ourselves in an environment, in an atmosphere that we have never been to before. A time in each of our lives, collectively, individually more so, uh, that we have never felt, that we have never experienced. We haven't been able to articulate it because we've never been to it. It challenges us and presents to us an, an effort that requires more, an effort that requires more of God in our life. Um, for three days... They remained waiting on the banks of Jordan's river, contemplating and consecrating themselves for what was before them. Um, uh, Joshua said to them, sanctify, to sanctify themselves, to consecrate your life, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Look at this, if you would, please. The wonders of God are seen in our life when there is first a willingness to prepare and to receive them in our life. Um, for the seed to grow, the ground has to be prepared. It has to be broken first. Uh, I, I'll talk about it on another day, but good seed needs good ground. Uh, for the seed to grow, the ground has to be broken. It has to be prepared to receive the seed. Uh, what is produced in our life is what we prepare for in our life, what we pray for, the place that we put our spirit to receive his spirit. Everybody understanding this right now? Um, uh, we expect so much in and from God, but often do little to prepare in appreciation for it. We want God to move on our need. We want God to move in our situation. Amen. Uh, we want God to act on what we're asking him to act on, but we often do very little to prepare ourselves for that acting of God, for that movement uh, of, uh, of the Spirit. We expect so much in God, but often do little to prepare for it. Why was it that they came to, the, I was thinking about this early this morning, why was it that they came to Jordan's bank on that first day? They waited three days. He had them camped there looking at the water. Why was it that he didn't just part the waters then and lead them through? Sometimes God allows us those moments in our life that, that the seasons in our life prepare us for what's in front of us. And, and there's an obligation to stand, anybody right now, uh, to stand and look and see what God has in front of us so that we know that we just can't do this on our own. Uh, we can't cross that by ourselves. We can't climb that mountain. We can't navigate that valley. We're not going to cross that river without some kind of divine intervention of God. Amen. Sometimes it's good to look at your problem and recognize, I need God. Amen. Amen. Expect so much from God, but often do little to prepare for it. So they were preparing. And there were two things that 
that are important to understand about this, um, this Jordan's crossing. The first being this. Uh, the ark's place and constant reference point in the midst of this miracle. It was the constant. The ark was the constant in the Jordan crossing. The mile marker, the benchmark, the, the true north of their life in, and on that day. It was the constant that they could look to, the, the representation, the physical representation of, of God, the, the, the Shekinah, the glory, the, the thing that they knew. They knew what the ark was and where the ark needed to be. It, it was the visible representation of the presence and the power of God. The power and influence of God was what every, everyone knew would be with them when the ark was near them. The absence, the absence of it was, was the removal of the influence of God. Everyone knew that if the ark was in view, then, then the power was there, the presence was there. To know the way, then, uh, then the ark had to be kept in view. To lose sight of it, do you understand this? To know the way the ark had to be kept in view. To lose sight of it was to become lost. The spiritual survival of your life and mine in this day and where, where it's easy to become lost in all, all the elements that are at work is dependent on the constant of the Holy Ghost at work in us. Everybody hear me? My survival and your survival today, spiritually speaking, is dependent on the work of the Holy Ghost within us. Uh, there may be a lot of things that change in the landscape of all that's spiritual, Things that will come and go, things that we can get led astray uh, and, and get lost by if we begin to, everybody hearing me? If we begin to watch them. If we begin to watch those things, if we begin to look at those things, then, then ultimately we, be, we get led astray. We, get, we just simply get lost. But if we watch the constant that God is, if we are filled with the Holy Ghost, then there is no room for other things to lead us to ultimately be lost. The Holy Ghost within us. I'm telling everybody in the sound of my voice, you need that Holy Spirit of God within you. If we are going to survive, if we are going to negotiate it, if we're going to walk it, if we're going to make it, if we're going to go after it, we need the Holy Ghost within us. It cannot be that we just casually feel our way around the things of God. We must know God and be known of God. It must be that there is something within us that is greater that is before us. It's got to be something within you that recognizes the will of God, the word of God, and the name of God in your life. If we watch the constant that God is, if we're, if we're filled with the Holy Ghost, our salvation is dependent on the Holy Ghost. Our dependence must be on and in the Holy Ghost within us. It is not a negotiable in the Word. Do we understand that? The infilling of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Ghost is not a negotiable in the Word. Amen. You must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. We are sealed with that Holy Spirit, a promise. Amen. It's repeated again and again and again to enter into the rest. We need the Holy Ghost. That rest is the Holy Ghost. Amen. If you're trying to make it on your own today, by your own thinking, by your own ingenuity, by your own smarts or lack thereof, can I tell you, you're not going to make it. You need the Holy Ghost within you. There's something about the empowering of the Holy Ghost. We sit here today. We stand here today. We live and move and have our brief being because of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Anybody understand that? Amen. It's the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will make the difference in the way that I think and the way that I speak and the way that I act and the way that I live. 
Amen. It'll make a difference in your home. It'll make a difference at your job. It'll make a difference in everything around you. Why? Because it goes before us. It is in us. It is around us. It is above us. It is behind us. It is beneath us. It is where we dwell. He is our re-reward. Amen. The Bible says he goes before us. His banner over us is love. We run into the name of the Lord and we are safe. Everything about you and around you needs to be the Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 If we want the constant that God is, if we're filled with the Holy Ghost, then there is no room for other things yeah, yeah. to lead us astray, to become lost. The struggle many have in their relationship with God is that they are trying to find their way in this journey from here to there simply by a carnal compass. Yeah. And a carnal compass will never, will never show you the true direction. Uh, just the slight variations, just the slight varying off, of course. It's the small things. It is never, it is never the... Uh, the grand or great things in our own estimation that lead us astray. But it is often the small incremental changes in our life, the abandonment of certain things that ultimately we miss the end goal because we accepted certain things that caused us to veer away from yeah. God. Yeah. Deciding and determining the course forward based on fleeting feelings of, of, of our flesh will cause us to become lost. Anybody with me right now? Yes. That will make us spiritually weak. If we, if, we lose, if we lose sight of the constant that the Holy Ghost is. Come on. Politics are going to come and go. Right. Hear me. Right. There's going to be somebody new on the scene every few years. Right. The environment of our world, it will change constantly. You get up tomorrow, it's going to be a different headline. Right. Something's going to be off. Something's going to change. Something's going to go right. Something's going to go wrong. Uh, things are going to change in your life personally. You're going to get up tomorrow and you may have a bad hair day. Yeah, you may have a flat tire, but it may be the best day ever and you're glad you got up and you're glad you brushed your teeth and you got glad you lived. But the truth of the matter is uh, things are going to come and go. But one thing that will never change is the constant that the That's Holy right. Ghost is. Anybody? It, it will never fail you. God will never fail you. The Spirit of God within you will never fail you. People will disappoint you. Yes, they will. People will satisfy you at times. Yes, they will. But can I tell you, the one thing that will never change in your life is the Holy Ghost. Jesus will not change. He remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He never abandons us. He's never separated from us. He is the constant. So when you're looking at everything coming and going, going up and down, can I tell you, you need to look at Jesus. You need to keep your eyes on him. Uh, when Peter began to sink was when he took his eyes off. It's the same thing in the culture that we live in this day. You take your eyes off the Holy Ghost, you lose out. You keep your eyes on God, everything's going to be okay. Somebody clap their hands right now. Amen. Amen. The second important thing to understand, the space, the space of about 2,000 cubits. Gentlemen, it was about 2,000 cubits that they were to maintain in proximity to the ark as, as they progressed. Look at this, if you would, please. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about two, about, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way heretofore. 2,000 cubits was about, it was about a half mile. Just enough, just enough distance to allow sight to be kept of the ark in the place where it stood in the midst of the Jordan. Just enough distance so that everyone passing over on whatever side it might have been could see, which is a unique thought within itself. Whatever side they were on of the ark, they could see. They could see the ark. 
It did not say, it did not say, understand this, it did not say exactly 2,000 cubits. Or that there would be a measuring line so that any and all who transgressed would die. But it said to maintain about, about 2,000 cubits. Meaning simply that God, I need you to look deeply, that God in his mercy, the mercy seat of the ark that it represented that they were looking at, put the placement of their path and the pace in the responsibility of the people. It was not exactly 2,000 cubits. There was not a measuring line that said you had to exactly. We like the exactlies. The reason why we like the exactlies is because I can look at you and say you're lost or saved. You can look at me and say, well, you're a foot off course. You're six inches out of line. You need anybody? Did you see them last Sunday? They were a half inch off the mark. Did you, did you hear what their kids did? Those kids are a mile away from church. It didn't say exactly. It said about. Uh, God put the placement and the pace of the people in their own responsibility. It was up to them. Now, but it, now listen, this is not a license here. This is not a license in the Word to, to relieve us of, of responsibility. As a matter of fact, it, it's just a little bit more requiring if we look at it. It was up, them, up to them to make sure that their life stayed within proximity to the ark. Yes. Had, they had to keep an eye where it was and where they were walking. Everybody? They had to keep an eye on where the ark was in the midst of the Jordan, and they had to keep an eye on where they were walking in relation to it. They had to keep pace with the people. I'm going to repeat this. They had to keep pace with the people, the church, the protective element of others, the accountability that they afforded each other. As they were crossing the Jordan, there was the necessity of them to keep everybody else in sight because everybody else was keeping the ark in sight. Um, Look at this. Two are, are, are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow, but woe, woe to him that is alone. Woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. The church, the church, the people around you are not just part of a social club that gathers on Sundays or Wednesdays or any other time of the week that we get together. It's not just a, a social club that you sign membership to, but we are to each other a certain safety that God allows in our life. There is a certain current that I come into with you. There is a certain current that we come into together. That when we gather on a Sunday morning and we sing the songs that we know or we don't know, and the words in front of us, but we're relating to what's happening around us and the people that are around us and the people that we shake hands with and the people that love on us and we love on them and the people that call us when we're missing church and, and wonder what's wrong and just checking on us. It's not because they're mad at you or because they've got a tape measure seeing if you're 2,000 or 2,001 cubits away from the ark. Uh, they're just loving on you and caring about you. Why? Because there's something about the accountability and the safety of the church that helps us all get to heaven together. 
Nobody's meaning you any harm. Nobody's against you. Amen. But everybody's for you. Why? Because they want the same thing in their life should they ever get astray and get outside of the distance that God has allowed in their life to keep sight of the thing that's going to save them. Amen. We are to each other a certain safety that God allows in our life, a place where each looks out for the other, where our weaknesses can be overcome by somebody else's strength. I can't tell you the times that I have walked to this altar when my strength was great, or excuse me, my weakness was greater than my strength, and somebody came up here and prayed for me, and somebody put their hands on me, and somebody helped me see the things that I could not see for myself at that point. They helped me get my eyes back on the Holy Ghost. They helped me get my mind back in the right, anybody? The right place that it needed to be. Amen. I'll never forget some years back, he's one of my dear friends now, and he, he called me up on the phone. It was a fellow pastor, and he reminded me of the way that I, I was going through a difficult season in my life at that particular point, and, and, and I was struggling in my thoughts about people and about ministry and about, about the church and all the things, and he, and he began to remind me of some things about God. Amen. I am thankful for people that God puts in my life, has put in my life, and will put in my life life should I breathe another day that helps remind me that we are walking this road together that this day I might be weak but tomorrow I might be strong for them and it might be my prayer that helps them because their prayer helped me come on you need the church anybody right now you need the church you need these people around you. Amen. Your kids may have gotten a fight over in Sunday school last week. Amen. Get over it. Forgive one another. Don't get mad at the other parent because can I tell you, those kids are probably loving on each other right now and they're fine. Amen. Amen. Don't try to remember what somebody said 50 years ago or 60 years ago to you or your kid or have a problem with them. Amen. Get back to the altar, pray through about it, and go to heaven with the people that you need to go to heaven with. Why? Because we need one another. Amen. There's something about when I'm keeping my eye on the ark, it helps you keep your eye on the ark. That's right. There's something about when I'm praying up here in the altar, it helps you pray in the altar. Anybody right now here with me? Amen. There's something about walking together. Why? Because two are better than one. I can't do this on my own. I can't make it on my own. I need the church. There's something about, man, I'm feeling really preachy on this snowy Sunday. Amen. There's something about coming into the church and, and singing those songs together. Amen. You may not be able to carry a tune in a bucket, but there's something about when you lift your voice with other people in the church. Amen. And you're on that pew and you're worshiping. Oh, when God gets lifted up, I get lifted up. Amen. While I'm getting encouraged, you're getting encouraged. Hallelujah. I love the church. I love the church. I love the church. I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful it has been a refuge for my life. It has been a covert in the storm. It's been the place where I can build my life. It will be the place that I finish my life. Why? Because there's nothing like the church. You say, well, it really doesn't hurt somebody. Seriously, it doesn't really matter where you go to church. Yes, it does. First of all, not everybody's going to keep their eye on the ark. And it matters what you hear preached. It matters the truth that's being proclaimed. Amen. And it matters who you are around because you want people around you that love you and recognize that we're just sinners saved by grace. And nobody's going to judge you out of the church here. As a matter of fact, we want, to, we want to help you get in the church. We want to walk to the altar with you. We want to love on you. We want to keep you. We want, we want you to make it to heaven. We're not trying to send anybody to hell. Huh? Nobody's here with a tape measure seeing if we're 2,000, two feet, and one inch, or oh, whatever, from the ark. Everybody's just saying, come close. Come closer. Amen. 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 We look out for each other. Where our weaknesses can be overcome by one another's strength. Amen. Amen. 
There had to be the constant course correction by those leading their homes and, the families, and their families. Everybody stick with me. A couple more minutes, okay? There had, to be, there had to be the course correction by those that were leading their homes and their families. There had to be the constant course correction by those leading their homes and their families. Adjusting the placement of their onward march towards the reward. There had to be the constant adjustment. We've got to keep about 2,000 cubic can you see it? I can see it. Somebody had to keep a vigil. There had to be a mom or a dad that was watching the kids while the other one watched the ark. We've got to stay about 2,000 cubits. Can't lose sight of it. There may have been a dip in the riverbed. Can you see it? I can see it. I can see the top of it. I can see, I can see the wings of the mercy seat. Oh, God, help me to ever keep in sight the wings of a mercy seat. I, there had to be the constant course correction, adjusting the placement of their onward march toward that reward. They, they couldn't get too far from the glory. They couldn't get too far from the glory that God was for them, or else they would miss the mark, and they would become lost. Um, to stray meant death. To lose sight of the ark meant that they were no longer under the protective power that it afforded. There was, there was the runoff of it, if you would. There was, there was the umbrella that it, that it was to them. Our, our proximity to God cannot become distant. We can't allow sins and ways of the world around us to become the things that are accepted and remove us from the accountability to Him. It cannot be, look at this if you would please. Um, carnal comforts are, are never a substitute for the protective accountability that the Holy Ghost gives us. I cannot think that somehow I can put something in my life that will, make me, uh, that will make me feel better comfortable because I have abandoned certain things of the Spirit. It will never substitute. Uh, it, it might seem easier outside the path that God has led us uh, to. Uh, our, flesh, our, our flesh may try to make it feel a little better where it's less crowded. Because that's the thing about accountability. Accountability wants to remove ourselves from the crowd. Uh, just like Judas, the word said, sought for a convenient time to betray him. Why is that? Because my flesh, your flesh, my carnal nature, my lustful nature, your lustful nature, it wants to put myself and you in a place where I don't feel crowded by accountability, where I don't feel crowded by responsibility. Um, make it feel a little easier, but there is a reason. Everybody hear me. Somebody hear me. There is a reason God put you where you are, and it is dangerous it is dangerous to take your family outside of that influence that God is. As well, here's the flip side. They couldn't get too close. They couldn't get too far, but they couldn't get too close. Um, because if they got too close, everybody understand this? It meant death. Uh, if, if they got too close, if they got too close to the ark, then the power and the presence that God was would consume them. And we know that. We know that to be true because of Uzzah. We talked about it the other day. Because of Uzzah. I, I read a quote by uh, a preacher, Sproul was his name, and he said, uh, he said, Uzzah presumed that his hands were cleaner than the dirt. Uzzah was the fellow that reached up instead of the ark when David was bringing it back into the city, and it wobbled and began to tip over because the Oxen stumbled, the cart stumbled from the oxen, and it began to fall. And so he reached up and touched the ark, and there was a breach made, and God struck him down. Everybody know that story? And God struck him down because he touched the ark. Because Uzzah presumed that his hands were cleaner than the dirt. Um, i got to remember that there's just, 
they couldn't crowd, they couldn't crowd God. I, I can't crowd God. I, I can, they could not compromise his holiness, what he required. I cannot compromise the holiness of God. I can't compromise what God requires. It was hands off. Don't, don't try to move the things of God into a place and in a fashion that accommodates where we want to walk. Do I need to repeat that? I think I do. I think, are you awake? Here. It, it, it was hands off. Don't try to move the things of God into a place in our life in a fashion that accommodates where we want to walk. Don't crowd God. Don't crowd the Word of God. Don't try to change the Word of God. Don't try to alter the Word of God. Don't try to manipulate the Word of God. Don't try to manipulate the Holy Ghost. He's smarter than us. They had to give God the room to lead them, to be able to deal with them, to convict them. I, 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 look at this, these two scriptures, please. Uh, for as many as are, uh, which one do we have first? Uh, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That you may be blameless and harmless uh, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. We can be led. Hear me. We, we have to ask ourselves the question, can I be led by the Spirit of God? Um, can, can I be called a son of God? Can I be called a child of God? Can I be dealt with by God? Uh, can I be preached to? Can, can we be preached to today? Can we be told things uh, that we need to hear that will save our soul that we may not like or it may not be comfortable, but it's necessary for the salvation of our souls? I can't tell you how many times I've talked about this. I have been saved by the preached word in a pulpit. That I have been reminded again that there's something in my life that needs to change. That there's something that I need to do differently. There's something in my spirit that's amiss. There's something that I need to pray about. And I need to pray about it again. And after I'm done praying about it, I need to pray about it again. Are we pliable in the hands of God? Are we teachable? Are we tender? I prayed and asked God today over here during service, God, help me to be tender-hearted. Help me to be tender-hearted for giving because, because can I tell you, I've broken in a contrite heart he'll not despise. Yeah. Amen. I don't have all the answers. You don't have all the answers. We're not supposed to have all the answers, but we have God. And if I can just be tender in his hands, if I can just be tender-hearted where God can deal with me and talk to me and teach me and speak to me and help me to understand things that, that I'm just so dumb sometimes that I don't get it. But even in my stupidity, God is still patient with me and loving. Amen. Can we be led? To be a child of God, then we have to be able to be led by God, willing to follow him to go after it, to pursue it, uh, to follow after the things of the Spirit, to keep an eye on the ark, to make sure that the things of God are at constant sight. The influence of the Holy Ghost is in constant touch with my life. Because can I tell you, parents, in the sound of my voice, you need the Holy Ghost to help you be a parent. You, you especially right now in this particular culture need the Holy Ghost to help you parent your children to help you negotiate the landscape in front of you because it's not going to get better. It's not going to get any easier. But the Holy Ghost, here, where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. Yeah. I don't care how bad it is, God's still greater. I don't care how much you don't know what to do, He does. It may feel uncomfortable, He's going to make all things well. About 2,000 cubits. No one was out there measuring musicians. Nobody was out there measuring the mark where they had to be, it was up to them. That is the other side of this. That's the sharpest, sharpest side. It, it was up to them. It was up to them to want to remain near the influence of the ark. Um, no one 
No one will make you live for God today. No one measures the mark of your life to see if you are staying the course. I've told you about that little clock my, my mom and dad bought me when I was a... I still have it in my mind's eye, Brother Trace. That little white... It had a certain name. It was a little white clock. And uh, I'll never forget, I plugged it in that day. And I set that alarm. That was the day that changed everything. It was a day in infamy. Um, of infamy. And I, I set the alarm. And from that day on, after they got me that little clock, my dad and mom did not come and wake me up. I had to wake myself up and get ready for school. I was young. I, you know, I wasn't, it was, I think I was a senior. No, it was, I was a, no. Um, no, I was, I was in grade school. I was in grade school. I'll never forget they gave me that clock. I had to set that alarm. And every day after, I had to wake myself up, get ready, go to school. They didn't come and knock at my door. They didn't come tell me what to wear. They made sure that, that I do the responsibility in front of me for the rest of my life. Nobody called you this morning. Nobody woke you up. At least don't think so. Nobody said you got to go to church. Nobody's watching to see if you pray. Nobody see if the Bible's open during the week. Nobody sees how you live behind the scenes, behind the walls, riding down the road, on the job, with people. No one sees that. About 2,000 cubits. Nobody's measuring. It's about. It's not to say that God is standing over you ready to, ready to strike you dead if you fail, but he's standing with mercy. The mercy seat always has to be kept in sight. Yes. Mercy has to be kept in sight. Yes. No one's going to make you live for God today. Nobody measures the mark of, of your life to see if you are staying the course. It's got to be in your heart. It's got, Brother Cooper, it's got to be in my heart. Uh, it, the Holy Ghost within me. It, it, it's a matter of, matter of desire. It's uh, your home, your life, your family, church depends on your desire. You, your want to stay close to those who help you. I want to be around you. I'm not looking for ways to get out of church. Anybody? I'm not looking for ways to get away from you. I'm not looking for outs. I'm not looking for I don't want to be there today because they're there. I'm not looking for ways to be offended at you. I'm not looking for ways that I think I can make this on my own. I can't do it without you. I'm telling you, this man in this pulpit needs you desperately. It needs everybody in this church desperately. I, I, I need to stay close to you because you help me stay accountable. And when I'm weak, then you're strong. And when you're weak, then I can be strong for you. I, I'm going to stay close to those who help and stay close to the one that will, that will save us all. I want to stay close to Jesus. There's a need at present to passionately pursue the Holy Ghost, to, to go after spiritual things, to hunger and thirst, to apprehend that which we are apprehended of. Many are waiting. Hear me. I need everybody to hear this at, at the end right now. Many are waiting for a move of God when what needs to be that we are moving towards the move of God. You cannot just stand there and think that, that it's going to come to you and happen. You've got to move with the Spirit. You've got to follow after the ark. You've got to follow after the Holy Ghost. Oh, God, I want you to do this. Oh, God, I want you to do that. Oh, God, I need you to do this. God, I need you to do that. Well, can I tell you what you need to do? Is you need to get up and you need to go after it then. You've got to pray for it. You've got to ask for it. You've got to believe. You've got to fast. Amen. The ark is... I'm telling everybody in the sound of my voice, the Holy Ghost is moving in our world right now. We've got to catch up to what it's doing. 
We have never been this way before. We need the church. We need each other, and we need the Holy Ghost. What you need today is what is going to make the difference in the way you walk forward is being saved and being filled with the Holy Ghost. Not the Holy Ghost just on us, but the Holy Ghost in us. I don't want to... I'm going to stick right there for just a couple more seconds. Are you still with me? I don't want to come to this church and it be just the Holy Ghost on me. I don't want it to be that I just feel chill bumps running up and down my spine and, and I'm just getting a run off of your blessing. I want the Holy Ghost within me. Amen. I want the Holy Ghost on me, yeah, but I want the Holy Ghost in me. I want there to be something happening on the inside that is undeniable, that I know, amen, that I believe and I feel it and I know I'm saved. Don't delay. Come on. I'm asking you to stand to your feet right now. Don't delay because the Spirit's moving and we've got to be saved. The promise could only be received by them staying near the thing that saved them. It's the same for you and I today. Come on. You need the Holy Ghost. Bring it to the altar. Bring your life to the altar. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Come be baptized in the name of Jesus. There's nothing hindering you today. Repent of your sins. God will lead your life if you pursue after the thing that is leading you right now. The Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, that's it. Come on, you need the Holy Ghost. Young men, young ladies, you need the Holy Ghost. You need the power of God within you. Amen. It will make a difference in your marriage, your home, your life, your life choices. Amen. The career you've got in front of you, the person you're going to do life with. Amen. Elder saints, middle age. Amen. It's the Holy Ghost that's going to sustain us all the way across. Amen. You've walked this far. Keep walking. Don't give up now. Stay near the ark. Stay near the influence of God. Stay near the spirit of God. Keep it in your life. Keep it in your home. Your children need it. They're dependent on it. They're desperate for it. They're going to need it when they're grown. So don't make decisions now that would take them away from the ark. Keep them near the ark now so that they'll know the ark then. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, pray. Be filled with the Holy Ghost today. If you need the Holy Ghost, God will fill you. It's a promise unto you. It is a promise unto you. Amen. It's a promise from God. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Come on, that's right. Pray, God, fill me with the Holy Ghost. God, renew a right spirit within me. God, baptize me with your spirit. Baptize me with the Holy Ghost and fire. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Keep within sight. Keep within sight. Don't lose sight of what God's done for you. Don't lose sight of where God led you. Don't lose sight of where God's leading you. Prepare your heart for tomorrow. The Lord's going to do wonders among you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost makes a difference. It always has. It always will. Come on, be convicted by it today.
In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, that's it. Keep praying. Oh, God, we need your spirit. We need your spirit to prevail in us, God, to lead us, Jesus. That's it. That's the Holy Ghost. That's what you need. That's what you can't live without. It will save us. It will keep us. It will redeem us. It will lead us. It will guide us. It will teach us.